Welcome to the Giving Voice to Depression podcast, produced in partnership with the A.B. Corker Foundation for Mental Health. We are your co-hosts, Bridget and Terry. Each week, through intimate, candid conversations with guests, we explore different perspectives on and experiences of depression. We keep it real because the illness is real. We keep it hopeful because there truly is hope in spite of what depression tells you. We are not experts or therapists. We are sisters and best friends who live with depression and have interviewed hundreds of other people who do as well. We've learned that hearing others speak openly and without shame about their experiences makes it easier to believe depression is a common and treatable illness, not a personal failing. You are far from alone. Hello, Bridget. Hi, Terry. We're together in the studio this time. This doesn't happen very often. It does not. It's a real treat. In last week's episode, Mental Health, A Family Affair, we introduced Matt Zinman. He has firsthand experience with depression's wide range, from down days to suicidal ideations. He has lost a brother to suicide. His mother survived her attempt. And his father had bipolar disorder. We remind you of Matt's lived experience to set the scene for today's episode, which focuses on mental health tools Matt has developed to both help himself manage, or to use his word, defeat depression, and to give others the benefit of his experience and recovery work. We first met Matt in a newer online platform called Clubhouse. He was leading a discussion on depression, and he mentioned his three-day rule— Like so many other good ideas, the minute we heard it, we knew we had to share it with you. So here again is Matt Zinman giving his voice to depression. I certainly have struggled with my depression through my life. And my last bout was in 2013 after my brother passed and many other environmental factors that were going on at the time that certainly contributed to that spiral. Uh, That was probably my worst of all. And I can think back to, you know, (laughs) 93, 96, you know, I think anybody who who goes through it and and gets as, as low as, as it gets, I mean, there's depression and then there's depression. Which brings us to the first resource in Matt's plan, a mood scale. The middle of it is where people feel most balanced, or neurotypical, as it's sometimes called. You can imagine that there's this normal, whatever, however defined, anyone wants to say, well, that there's a normal range, and that someone who doesn't experience depression or, you, you know, bipolar mania uh, is in that range. And, and if they fall out of that range and, like, life takes its toll on you, they have the elasticity to bounce back. They don't have the brain chemistry issues. Uh, whereas for me, it's like sinking in the quicksand. And moving down the mood scale. You can get a mild depression to the extent and, and the real insidiousness of depression is that you don't even know you're depressed at the lowest level. It's not until you get like this months could go by and you like get this like spring feeling, you get an extra, you know, jump in your step. You, you didn't have for so long and you're feeling yourself. And then you're like, Oh, I guess I really wasn't myself because now I feel like myself. Right. And when that spring in your step 
doesn't reappear. But when you get into moderate and then you keep sinking down into severe, I mean, that's where you're, you know, getting into non-function, you know, basic care becomes a challenge. Uh, And I know that anybody who's interested in this show, whether it's them personally or someone they have close to them has experienced this. Knowing where we are on the scale can help us determine our next best move to stay in or return more quickly to a state of acceptable mental health. For Matt, and probably lots of us if we're tuned in and honest with ourselves, that's very time-sensitive. A couple days in a row is manageable, but I know myself that if I get to that third day, that is my break point. That's, that's when I start sinking into the quicksand deeper than I can have it as easy to get out. And every day that goes by after three, to me, is like twice as hard to, uh, to, to rescue myself. So at three days, it's kind of like, you know, in case of depression, break glass. You know, I'm my own parent, and I don't give myself a choice. According to Matt's three-day rule, the only way to regain mood balance is to take purposeful action, including proper sleep, nutrition, and hydration. Reach out, even if tempted to isolate. Consciously minimize stress and avoid negativity. Put yourself above all else, he says. Structure your days, stay in motion, and do not give yourself the option of doing nothing to help yourself. Uh, I have to work out. I must do something physical. I have to sweat. Whatever that is, whatever I do, you know, get on a bike or or anything, um, that's part of it in terms of just, you know, the medication is only going to do so much. You know, it's, you need the endorphins. You you have to look at the, you know, the natural brain chemicals and just look at it just from a chemistry standpoint, you know, that biochemical reality that you need to adjust Um, and energy. And I do have to create structure, and I don't let myself lie around, um, lay around, uh, <laughs> and I do typical things that bring me joy in terms of coping skills. That may be reaching out to people who lift me up. That might that may be listening to certain music. Could be playing ice hockey. How? What do you say to yourself as that third day rolls around, and you've had two down days, and you see? that you're, you know, only going to go further if you don't do something. How do you motivate yourself rather than just going, oh, you know, I'm just, it's just one more day or I just don't have it in me or whatever someone might hear or say to themselves and stay in bed or in that space? That's a very easy answer. Um, which is worse? Not doing anything and putting yourself to a place that you know you never want to be in again or kick yourself in the tail and do something about it. Um, if I if I don't do it, the depression's much worse. A previous guest shared that he asks himself the question, which do you hate more, depression or what you'd have to do to manage it? Matt's quicksand escape plan, which we'll link to, includes a worksheet where you can list both the circumstances and behaviors that require you to take action, as well as the things that could help you cope including physical and mental activities, emotional supports, and spiritual practices. I think that your coping skills menu is very helpful. I look forward to also linking to that. And I, one of the things I found interesting in it is we always hear the, the positive ones, the 
the expected ones, you know, interact with your pets, positive affirmations. I liked that your list also included things like cry and scream, because I don't know that people give themselves permission to do messy things to feel better. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I, I know from my own experience that, you know, there, there, was, there was one time when I was, I had to do a medication switch. And again, and that's, it reminds me, it was like turning a dial. And if it got turned too low, I was crying like a baby. And if it got too high, I was just too hyper. And so wherever anybody is, whether it's medication related or just natural, you know, your brain chemistry being off, you've got to cry, you know, let it out and have someone be there with you. Another element of Matt's quicksand escape plan is a personalized reminder list of things that in good times you know you actually like about yourself and your life. It's having a positivity reflex because, again, while we, and this is part of the life skill, this is part of the maturity, you know, we can't obviously control all the things that happen to us, many of them that are going to be cruddy, and many of them, as life goes, you're going to have to fight through and experience and sadness and otherwise you can't, you know, suppress it or, you know, that's, where your depression's gonna, you know, catch up with you. Um, but other than that, you know, we have control over how we react and how much we allow something to throw us off kilter. Uh, and so not allowing yourself to get thrown off kilter, I think is a big part of it as well. So your list of the five things about you, I assume would include resilience and positivity. How does having a list help? Well, it's concrete, you know, it's because at any given time, it's easy to, to lose sight of the things you already know, you know, as basic as they may be and depression being what it is and how it skews. I think that would be a very good thing to have written down. And I think that if I'd read it in the depths of my depression, I would have said that used to be true. Ah, yes. Um, And, you know, those affirmations are certainly and reminders are important because we do detach from ourselves and, um, you know, and realizing that you're in a depression, you know, you do know, hopefully as as skewed as it makes you, that however bad you're feeling, it's not going to last. You might need some different medication. You might need whatever, um, some life circumstance to pass. But, you know, it is kind of a this too shall pass. But now the challenge is, well, what's it going to take to make that happen? One grounding principle that Matt uses and values is learned confidence. It reinforces the truth that quite contrary to any judgment that people with depression are weak, we all know the incredible resilience that's required to live with it. It speaks to the fact that all of us have been through so much in our lives. I mean, like there are other things besides depression that, you know, people who contend with depression have had to make it through, but you know, we're here having this conversation. I mean, you know, we're still standing is the point. And so when you realize the fact that, well, I've somehow overcome everything I have up until now, I've earned the confidence to know that I'm fully capable of dealing with things in real time. And so I do not allow myself to get caught up in worry or to whatever degree anxiety. And this is not inclusive of 
chemically induced anxiety um, and or assumptions, you know, anything having to do with uncertainties. I focus on dealing with the real and and staying present. And that some of those grounding principles are the things that that allow me to, you know, remain squarely standing when when trouble arises. Thank you. Thank you for sharing your story, your lived experience. When you speak about your book, when you speak in Clubhouse, is there a particular message that you find people most respond to in that sort of, oh, I needed to hear that way? That's a good question. I think earned confidence and self-kindness are certainly two of the things that really rise to the surface, including for me. Um, because I, again, it comes back to being mindful and trying to stay as present as you can before, you know, that brain chatter, you know, takes you in directions that are unhealthy and that self-kindness is on one hand, a very definitive way to ward that off and stay present. Um, you know, it's not kind to myself to beat myself up or hold on to regrets or resentments or any whatever baggage that happens. And whether you're dealing with depression or otherwise, that applies to everybody. So between self-kindness, really keeping your, your past where it belongs and, and earned confidence, you know, keeping you present, not getting carried away from, from anything that's not really happening. Those are the things that resonate most because I think they have the most to do with quality of life because you know, living in the not now is one of the greatest sources of unhappiness I think there is. And in contrast, living in the now is uh, one of the the greatest grounding principles for being happy. So I'll leave it at that. But he didn't leave it at that. Instead, and we're using this section with his permission, Matt kind of turned the tables on us, demonstrating one expression of self-kindness. Let me ask sure. you a question now you go offline. Yeah. Are you want me to stop recording? No, you don't have oh, to stop okay. recording. Okay. Is there any reason why you feel that you should be anything less than kind to yourself? It's more as a yes or no question. It is a yes or no question. I'm going to yes go no with question. no then. Right. So that's an easy buy-in, I think. It's like, why be anything less than kind to yourself? Okay, so now you're bought in. So, Terry, be nothing less than kind to yourself. I will give that a try. <laughs> it's, it's easier it, said it would, than done. Yes. I'm, I'm but, s- it's, but it's the line in the sand. That's the thing about it. It's definitive. It's, it, it's a yes or a no. You're being kind or you're not. And so if you draw the line, you know, the real you, the you you, the not depressed you, you, the, the best you draw that line, I, I think you'll find it helpful to keep catching yourself when you cross it, and you'll get better at not crossing it. I think it's fascinating that my body actually had a reaction when you asked me that question. You know, I started thinking of reasons I should be unkind to myself. And obviously, well, nothing's obvious, but you know, the answer should be no. And I just... I really grappled with it when you asked the question. I, I right. think I started to sweat, to be honest with you. I was a little like, oh, I don't know. Well, the, the reason why I asked that of you 
is because I, I didn't want to make the statement and not have you buy in. You have to have the buy in first. So the yes or no question is why be anything less than kind to yourself? And frankly, if you can't answer that definitively, you also know where to start. It's like, oh, well, because, you know, I manipulate people. Oh, all right, stop doing that, you know, whatever that is. But, I mean, it's meant to be a rhetorical question, even though you'll grapple with it. Ultimately, it is rhetorical. And so you need that that buy-in, that realization like, oh, yeah, okay, now you can draw the line in the sand. If if, If that's what you agree to, now you've agreed to it, draw the line and catch yourself and start developing the life skill to not let yourself be mean because you're a good person. You're a good person. (laughs) You don't deserve that. You know, would you let somebody else talk to you that way? You know, all those kinds of things. Um, That's where it matters. Matt, I like that three-day rule. You know, we can start to slide and then we can notice that slide and try our very best to stop it. Which brings me to a list on your website um, where you call it coping skills menu. And there's physical, emotional, mental, spiritual, and miscellaneous categories. And Terry and I were just talking about what coping skills we use. And mine are make a new to-do list, be with my pets, actually physically touch my pets, Mm -hmm. travel anywhere just to sort of shake up the routine, and um, always to be in nature. Terry? Uh, I definitely walk, and where I walk is beautiful, so I would say in nature. I definitely do not clean. I eat and drink healthfully. Uh, I do do, I practice mindfulness and took mindful self-compassion to courses. Uh, We have done a couple episodes on it if anybody wants uh, an exercise. And I laugh. I am able to laugh. I don't, certainly in the depths of depression, I am not cracking up or anything because I don't find anything very funny, but every opportunity to laugh I take. You are. You're easy to, to laugh. Yeah. And I depend on you to bring that flavor into my life. Thank you. You're welcome. You make me laugh. The interesting thing about the end when he said, you know, once you have buy-in, I've asked that question to two people, you know, is there any reason for you to be unkind to yourself? And both had more hesitation than I did and named one thing each um, that they thought was problematic for them. And I like that Matt then said, then you know where to start. Yeah. Because of the zillions of things that we have, if there's one, we're doing pretty well. So work on it, right? Um, Well, I'll admit that I'm one of those people and it's a big thing. (laughs) (laughs) You are one of the two people. I wasn't going to say that. You're very kind. I wasn't going to say that. And the other thing we talked about as we were listening to this is uh, the concept of it passes. And... Maybe it's a function of Matt not having had a depression for a long time. Mine was more recent, and I know that in it, I thought it would never end. And out of it, perhaps naively, I feel like it will never come back. I would totally agree with that for myself. Yeah. I do things to make it not come back, and I really do try to catch it upstream because that's the one, the early warning signs are the one takeaway from four years of doing these interviews, that the earlier we can say, "Uh uh-oh, and now if I can do it on day two, wow, then I've really moved the dial, um, and then do everything in my power, our power, to, to not go any further. And that would be amazing. That would be amazing, which is why I wanted to talk to him, because I was just like, oh, three-day rule. Wow, that's way earlier than I react. Yes, yes, it is way earlier than either of us react. 
Uh, Matt has a book, and it's called Z-isms, and we will also link to the resources that we've discussed, and they will be on Matt's website, which is mattzinman.com, and you'll see more information about the resources that he's created to defeat his depression. Next week, we will be back with a new episode, and September is Suicide Prevention Month, so we'll be taking a look at that as well. And I'd like to suggest that perhaps all of us start to explore and um, try on or practice self-kindness, as Matt suggested. Absolutely. And each other kindness. And each other kindness. Amen. Thank you, Matt. And thank you, Bridget. It's so nice to have you in the booth with me in the studio. Thanks, Steve. We truly hope that our podcast brings a little more understanding, helps you better articulate your experience of depression, or better understand how to support someone else's. We invite you to join us for daily posts on the Giving Voice to Depression Facebook page and on Twitter and Instagram at Voice Depression. It is a comfort to be among fellow travelers on depression's dark road. And remember, if you're struggling, speak up. If someone else is, listen up.